Here are some frequently asked questions of us. Do you have frequent flyer miles? Yeah, I wish I had more, right. Uh, Do you have a core team to work with? And we'll talk a little bit about how that team looks this morning. Yes. Do you have a building? Well, we have a house, and we meet in our house for life group on a Tuesday night. And we've met how many times? 54 times since June of last year. And Cheryl has made quite a few delicious meals that we serve, along with crusty bread that we break literally together at the table with. But I think the most question is, the question I love the best is, how is your church going? And we thought long and hard as to how we should answer that one. So the answer to how is, those of you who heard us Friday night, yes. yes. The answer to how. As honest as we know how. Yes. So we just pretty much say yes to these different circles of um, communities. We have residential communities that Life Tree Community crosses. We have business and culture, learning, faith, social action, Nazarene communities, and we'll tell some stories as we go along. Um, We have found ourselves trusting in this reality. This is a verse that we are all very familiar with. Romans 8, 28 from The Voice. We are confident that God is able. Isn't that where our confidence comes from? (laughs) God is able. It really has nothing to do with Fred and Cheryl. We just get to go along for the ride. We're confident that God is able to, and I love the next word, orchestrate. A great orchestra has a lot of instruments, and they all play different notes, sometimes the same notes, but it sounds the best when they play according to the person who's doing the leading. And who is the leader? It is God, the Holy Spirit. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything, everything, just as we sang that last song, the sad things, the happy things, the good times, the down times, orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful. Aren't you glad that God is about beauty? And I understand it was hard work picking up those leaves yesterday. But those colors are really beautiful. So along with beauty comes some hard times. God is able to orchestrate something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his, another key word, invitation to live according to his plan. God is not a bully. He doesn't make us do anything. He just says, would you like to? And the answer to that is yes. All right. So going began with a yes. It sure did. For those of us. what I say? Yeah. (laughs) I've thrown him I got my part right. I got the answer correct. (laughs) Yes. Yes. As we were singing earlier, I was reminded of that. Where you go, I'll go. And, uh. I will follow you. And, you know, it's, it's fresh every time we say the yes that he invites us to do just that. For us, we were doing breakfast. Is this my line now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> breakfast. I Great breakfast yesterday. a little bit yesterday. of a curve line there. Thanks to the men. Yeah. Thanks to the men downstairs as we needed our strength up for the day. But we were doing breakfast 2016. We had been back in South Africa with our married children, Libby and Roland, their spouses, Jeremy and Ashley. Three of the four parents, one of the moms doesn't travel well long distance. So there were nine of us back in South Africa creating one job in the tourism industry. For every nine tourists, there's one job created. And that is true. And at the end of which, the five who had never been in Africa, let alone stepped into the soil of South Africa, said to us, 
that's the trip of a lifetime. They declared it so much so that Libby and Jeremy and now Harlow and Tim and Tammy, Jeremy's parents, are flying out a little over six weeks' time. They'll be in South Africa to visit and experience some more of the beauty of that land. One of the things, though, that struck us that day over breakfast with Dave and Karen, Karen's a graduate of NNC, now NNU, friends of ours that we know many years, was the question, would you ever consider coming and returning to South Africa and helping out in ministry? And Cheryl's answer always surprised me. It still does when I think about it, because up to then we had no inkling of what God might be up to. And your answer was? Yes. Yes. She stood up and said, yes, I'm going shopping. I reached for the credit cards and covered them with my hand and began to pray. We didn't think we'd be back in South Africa. We wanted just a few keepsakes to hand in our home where we were living in Salt Lake City at the time. And as we returned, as we began to get back into the word and the daily routines of just listening to the voice of God and saying, God, what are you up to? And if needs be, if you're saying yes to our stepping out and accepting your invitation to follow you, what will that look like? And so we began to unpack that. We lived into this verse from Hebrews 11 at that time. This is back in Salt Lake City after this wonderful trip. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land, he lived there by faith. Now, you here at John Day, if you remember from two years ago, we told a little bit of that story. The Lord finally sat me down on April, I believe it was April the 2nd, somewhere around there, and said, I want you to sit down at your dining room table where we were living in Salt Lake City. Fred had gone to get a haircut. Which one today? It's always a dilemma, you know. And the Lord said, I want you to write the story as if it is a as if it has already happened. I was shocked. I'm really not a prophet. I said, God, I really need to clean my house. He said, no, you don't. Sit down and write. So I said, okay. And I began to write what I began to see unrolling as Life Tree Community. Fred had already had just a word from the Lord at the gym. And we say these things because we really want you people to know that God speaks in ordinary ways to ordinary people at ordinary places. So if he was speaking to me at the kitchen table and he was speaking to Fred at the gym. And as that unpacked, part of it was the Lord said, and you're going to need to raise some funds. And we said to, we were like, okay, and how will this happen? And John Day, Oregon was the first place we spoke, and you invested in this ministry way back then in 2020. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. by faith, you have actually, we have been your staff people on the ground in Africa. So Life Tree Community works across these residential communities. You notice some folks sitting around with their jackets and their scarves and their throws on. It's cold in the southern winter. But our hearts are always strangely warmed around the table where we break bread, eat some uh, delicious supper, and then begin to study the Word of God together. So in this picture, I'm just going to point out Sharon. I've been talking about Sharon at every time we've spoken here over this last weekend. So how does one plant a church? The answer to that is Yes. And we landed in South Africa in 2016 to live with my high school roommate because 
or not roommate, but my high school friend, my parents had said yes to return to the country of Mozambique, having served in the country of South Africa. And Moira had said, you know, it would help me financially if you came to live with me when you first arrived back in South Africa. Um, and she has a disease, an autoimmune disease that, that attacks her eyes. So we were kind of saying yes to helping her out. But right after we landed in South Africa, within five days, she took off for the UK to visit family and left us in charge of her two poodles. She said, would you take care of my two dogs while I'm gone? And we said, what, how do you plant a church? <laughs> you say? Yes. So now Little I don't... did we know about poodles. Right. You we get... Googled and we learned a lot about poodles. You get up in the morning, you feed them, you take them for a walk, you make sure you have those little baggies that pick up mm-hmm. what they drop, and... Off you go to the park, you bring them back, you feed them, they get up on the couch, they sleep the rest of the day. This is what poodles do. And then in the evening, you take them for another walk, you bring them back, you feed them, then they get back on the couch, then they sleep for the night. I mean, that's a dog's life, right? And one day, we were walking in the park, and we come around a corner with Moira's two poodles. Fred had Tigger, and I had Turbo. And uh, Sharon meets us around the corner, and she says... First thing, out of her mouth. What are you doing with Moira's dogs? Never met Sharon in our life before. Didn't know how much she knew about us personally. Began to think about police records and the like, and you know, being dog nappers. We said, <clears throat> we dog sitting dogs? She said, really? Where's Moira? And we said, well, she's taken a vacation to see family and do some business in Europe and the UK and here we are. And then she said, well, I, I detect an accent. Where are you from? Well, of course, we're really from South Africa. So we said sure. South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have lived there. We've, and, he, and she goes, no, man, I, can, I, I, hear, I hear an American accent. So we said, well, okay, we were most recently from America. And then she said, well, what are you doing here? I mean, it was very, like, accused. I, I was, like, backing up. Back. And remember, how do you plant a church? You're, oh, I'm saying yes to these dogs. Anyway, she said, um, what are you doing here? And we said, we're, we're going to plant a church. She goes, I don't go to church. We said, okay. I think uh, we kind of thought, <laughs> now I wish you'd be a little more subtle. <laughs> so anyway, we chatted. You know, we kind of changed the subject. And we said, oh, so what's your dog's name? And got to know the dog. And chatted a little bit more. And then we got ready to leave. And then she goes, by the way, I'd come to yours. And not only did she say that and just leave it like a dangling participle, but whenever she saw us in the park, either walking the dogs or just in the park for exercise and walking to enjoy the beauty of the day, first thing out of her mouth invariably was, how's the church? How's it going? So she was vitally interested. So in June 2017, when we started their home group in the Book of Acts, mm-hmm. we, sent her a wa- well, we sent her a WhatsApp. Actually, what had connected us to her even more was one day in the park, she said, would you pray for my daughter-in-law? She is in an at-risk pregnancy, and um, we're afraid that she'll lose the baby. And I said, well, my daughter's pregnant. How long, far along is your da- daughter-in-law? And so we began to put her on our WhatsApp group and, and share prayer requests for her daughter. So when it came time to invite some people to the home group on the Book of Acts, here comes Sharon. Sharon says... Um, that we did chapter one, and then we get chapter two, and in chapter two, you know, it's that great Pentecost sermon, and at the end of which, Peter, he, 
he has said to the people there, you know, you murdered the son of life. Now, you know, I mean, that's really funny. Luke is a stand-up comedian when you really read the undertones of what's going on there. And so the people are feeling terrible, and they say, uh, well, what should we do? And Peter says, you should repent and believe the good news. So we go around the group every time at the end of the Bible study, and I ask the question, is there a verse, is there a word, is there a phrase that has really meant something to you? And that day, I get over to Sharon, and Sharon says, I really love that word, repent. I'm thinking, my goodness, what an awesome word to pick on from that chapter. So The, the same week, lady who said, I don't go to church, but I'd come to yours. The next week... She comes into Bible study, and I said, so, Sharon, how did your week go? Now, Sharon is a... She's a corporate bank trainer. She contracts to banks in South Africa and trains their new employees. Very successful business person, very savvy. So she said, I said, how did your week go, Sharon? She said, you know what? I was a lot kinder this week, and I didn't cuss. Nearly as much. I'm thinking, yeah. wow, repentance really works. That is just you know, surprise, surprise. I was thinking you had to do the four spiritual laws or the evangelism, expo- you know, the outline and get, it, get people to do it the right way. No, God was already working in Sharon's life. One of the things Sharon taught me was just her love of the Holy Spirit. And here's this woman who didn't go to church, was kind of in our face the first time we met her, but she has taught me to love the Holy Spirit because she says, when I'm having a tough day or a tough week, I'm in the park with my dog walking. I just raise my hands and say, oh, Holy Spirit, I love you. Now, can you help me? I've got a problem. (laughs) And I'm thinking, wow, I need to learn to do that better. Our business and cultural learning communities, every Friday morning that we're pretty much in town, we like to go to a 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. business gathering in coffee shops gathered around the city of Johannesburg. And uh, it's called TGIF Real Talk. And you hear speakers on a variety of topics, anything from economics to philosophy to arts uh, to matters of theology, whatever it may be. The gentleman on the left, Rory Stain, was speaking about security because he and his partner run a global security company, the last six Olympics, for winter and two summer Olympics. They've secured the celebrity area, tent, or enclosure where celebrity athletes and dignitaries from the world gather and don't want to be, uh, you know, bothered by the media and the like. And plus, they have secure access on the Internet provided for them. On the right is a lady called Jolly Mokorossi. She is uh, an interesting lady, a fascinating lady. Her parents are both Ugandan and Congolese from the Congo, and they emigrated to South Africa some years ago where her dad still practices medicine, a gentleman in his 70s. Jolly and her husband are in the financial consultancy business, and she handles millions of rands worth, that would include millions of dollars worth, of clients' asset portfolios every week. And yet she was speaking that Friday morning, we heard on the topic, why businesswomen are leaving the church why there's no space for business women to feel like they have a voice and they can bring their strengths and their toolboxes, their talents, to enhance and enrich local church communities. So 
Dolly affirmed again what the Lord had already said in our hearts in 2016. Because back then I said to God, I just don't get it. You're sending 260-something people, I was 61 at the time, to do this. Shouldn't you pick on somebody younger? That very day I was reading in Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5, at one point, Daniel says to Belshazzar, because you didn't give glory to God, who holds your very breath in his hand and owns the very road you walk on, you're done for. Well, I've had two mystery heart events, so I figured God holds my breath, and he's always guided us in wonderful paths. So I said, oh, no, 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 I give you glory, God, I know, you're in charge. And then I kept reading, and the very last verse in Daniel 5, I promise I did not... This is not my version of the Bible. It's right there. You can look it up. Daniel 5, last verse. Belshazzar died, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom, and he was 62 years old. Jolly said to us when she took us out for coffee, she says, don't think of you guys as old. Just keep doing what you're doing. Young people are energetic. Older people are efficient. What a great word from God. After yesterday, I think some of you folks are both are energetic and efficient. That's so just my humble opinion. Life Tree Community yeah. crosses over faith communities. And um, here we are. We heard a, a gentleman give this illustration. So the scripture smoking man ambushed by John chapter 316. What on earth is that about? And I said yesterday I would talk about this last night. So, in the country of Zimbabwe, the general secretary for the Bible Society was handing out Bibles on the street. And he came to a young man, and he said, here, I'd like to give you a Bible. And the young man said, I don't want that. And he said, no, I'd really like to give you this Bible. He said, I don't want it. Anyway, they went backwards and forwards, and finally the young man said, okay, I'll take it. But i tell you what I'm going to do. I'll just use the pages to roll my cigarettes. So, the man said, okay, but promise me one thing. Before you smoke, read the page. Fifteen years later, they it's were... It's like reading the health warning on a package. <laughs> Fifteen years later, they were at a conference, and the gentleman got up and he said, you know, I smoked my way through Matthew. I smoked my way through Mark. I smoked my way through Luke. But when I got to John 3.16, I was ambushed by the love of God, and my life has been changed ever since. What did you Paul know? say? By all means, <laughs> save some. If it had been me, I would have said, no way are you going to smoke the Bible. God had a different plan. All right. Social Action Committee, every month we're involved in service in our community, and this is the dirt road track leading down to an informal settlement called Insawawa, which in the vernacular means pleasant place. There's some irony in that. It borders our middle-class affluent community, and the community of Chartwell, where we reside and rent a cottage, gets involved with its neighbors. And this particular month, we were helping to clean up bags and bags and bags of garbage going down to that community. And as people were passing, going about their daily lives, I would try and greet them in the vernacular, or if I sensed that they were from maybe north of the border, I have a couple of greetings that I can speak as well. And then Cebu, down in the bottom left picture, as you look at it, is a councillor for that whole area in the city of Johannesburg. And she was telling Cheryl and I that she had just been down to visit with the residents of that informal 
community called in Sawawa. And she learned a couple of things. One is the Chartwell had been doing these acts of kindness for a period of at least 16 years, and the residents of that informal settlement were deeply appreciative. Secondly, because Chartwell is very careful about security and access to its community with patrols by security companies, with WhatsApp groups that alert people to anything out of the ordinary, that helps to bring a sense of security for the residents that live in that informal settlement. And thirdly, they just found that there was a symbiotic relationship that benefited both communities. And so we as Lifetree, we're privileged to be part and just participate in that. So just as John Day does its community outreach across your community, so we find Lifetree right. Community is doing the same right. thing. Um, in Sunday School, we told these two stories, the story of Carmen, who was really our first missionary. She's on our team, our Lifetree team, and she volunteered in India. That's a picture of that. And then I told the story of Hassan John, who had a 500-pound um, bounty on his head. So those of you who are in Sunday School can tell the story, that story to somebody who wasn't there this morning. We enjoy the broader body of Christ, and the Church of the Nazarene is definitely vibrant and vital in southern Africa. And as you know, on the continent of Africa, it's one of the fastest-growing regions in our Nazarene family around the world. And you all are headed there for a missions trip to the eastern part of Africa in the country of Kenya in 2020, and you're going to be participating and helping out the folks at African Nazarene University. We step into those spaces, and we've been in over 40 churches in the last couple of years. Over half of those would be Nazarene churches where we worship with the people, or we invited quite often to speak. In this case, we were stepping onto the campus of Nazarene Theological College, which is my alma mater. That's where I studied uh, some years back now and received my diploma in bachelor's in theology at the time. And uh, good friends of ours, Rogers, who's standing next to me in the bottom uh, slide, and his wife, Kay, who's top right in the top slide, have been resident on the campus. He's been teaching classes and mentoring students, and he himself has a heart, together with Kay, to make a difference for our Nazarene communities and coming alongside. And they've launched a nonprofit called the Shepherds Institute, and they've invited us to serve on their board, and we will be doing that. This is another Nazarene community where we did an outreach, again, into the community, and that's really what Lifetree is all about, is reaching out into communities. We were handing out invites for a fresh launch of the Crossover Church of the Nazarene. Crossover Church is so fascinating, by the way. It's in an inner-city area. And there's lots of people from all over Africa who have moved down there and speak various mother tongues. And the pastors are themselves not from the country of South Africa. Simba, the pastor, the tall gentleman in the, in the left of that bottom right picture on the left side is from Zimbabwe originally. And we've known him since he was a young lad. And then the wonderful, gracious lady two people away uh, is his wife, Nyla, who is the daughter of Jonas Malati. Number 85 captured our hearts. Every now and then, we were sitting in the front row. He'd look at me, and I'd give him a thumbs up, like, keep going. You're doing good, buddy. You know, high fives. So there Great you job. are. If we can go to the next. Oh, there we go. So these are the answers to mm -hmm. how's your church going. The thrust of the Great Commission, people who are 
growing? How's your church? How's John Day? Every believer is invited to say yes. Yes. And to participate in God's mission. Sometimes those three-minute conversations, like that first one we had with Sherry. Mm -hmm. So what you can do to help. We would like to rave a little bit about God and how he's taken care of us. This is a great verse from Psalm 145, verse 7. They will rave in celebration of your abundant goodness. We celebrate you guys. We're raving fans of Nazarenes and local church folks who are on mission like you at John Day. You're an integral part of what we do. So the funds that we raise as we speak, we've been fortunate enough to come back about once a year, they help to support the Ministry of Life Tree Community, which helps us with our monthly housing our, and rental costs, the car that we purchased over there, putting in petrol, as we call it over there, um, traveling here, and, of course, the cost of ministry. Every um, one time, a gentleman who attends our life group, he said, you feed us every Tuesday night. Where does that money come from? Well... You guys are helping to feed and to nurture our life group. That's true. So, thank you. Your support can be given in different ways. Um, We do have some sign-up sheet, sign-up response cards. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to receive our monthly newsletter, continue to hear stories, we'll be at the door or we'll be wherever around here. You can take that sign-up to receive that, and that way you can keep track of what's going on in our lives and we also there's another side to it if you'd like and care and the lord should nudge you to maybe um be involved in support of us on a monthly way every dollar we truly appreciate because it helps us to continue to do the ministry and then we have a business card which lets you know we're on facebook yes both personally as well as life tree community and we have a website and that's all on our business card which we will hand out later so Thank you for allowing us to come this week and participate in your mission emphasis because we are all on mission, right? And the answer to how is your church going is yes. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Appreciate it. I like that word, yes. My problem is that Marla has about 17 ways to say yes. So much inflection. And many of them I don't like. So, um, Pastor talked about these sheets in the bulletin. Did anybody get in here without one that would like to have one? Still a few left. Don't want anyone leave anyone without one. Um, but we've been talking about pray, faith promise coming up, leading up to this week, uh, that, uh, again, that we use faith promise as a way to support our local missions, our working witness, and global missions um, over the coming year. So uh, that is what the commitments are all about, is, is an ongoing uh, support of our uh, mission funds throughout the coming year. So uh, the sheet talks about different ways you can give different ways you can sign up for that, different ways you can uh, do that. Again, as we went over on Friday night, uh, no one is checking up on these. You don't need to put your name. There's a spot for it there, but you don't need to if you don't want to. No one's checking up on it. No one's keeping track. This is a commitment between you and God um, That, as far as what you would be given to support world missions this coming year.